now you are in the body of Christ and members in particular. And God hath said. Notice who does the setting. It's God the Father, right? God is the one that sets each and every one of you in your place. And there is a growing up process. There is a maturing process that we're all called to follow to come into that place, okay? You don't get to decide when you're called. You don't get to decide how you're called. You don't get to decide where you're called, okay? Now, when we were in college, and I'm not against these, they're a good tool, okay? Just know the limitation of them. When we were in college, we uh, had to do one of those aptitude tests, and it spit out your strengths, your weaknesses, what you liked, what you didn't, li- didn't like, and they'd tell you what you were supposed to do. And there's a lot of worldly wisdom that has transferred from the world and has been put into the church to try and replace the leadership of the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost, he is the nervous system of the body that brings the exact instructions to every believer. Okay. Now, it's the fivefold ministry of the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, and the evangelist. They're called to handle the word, and they're called to grow the body up. They're called to assist. Everybody say assist. They're called to be the surrogate parent, to nourish the children with the pre-digested word, to turn the meat into milk so that the children can receive the nourishment and grow up and become full stature and stand on their own two feet. That is what those five giftings are for, okay? Now, those are not all the gifts or parts of the body that God sets, but that's what we're talking about today, okay? Those five are called to handle the word in some capacity, and they all serve a purpose, okay? Right now, for today, we're going to focus on the teacher. Everybody say teacher, Okay, because the teacher and whatever, there is a designated office for the teacher. Okay, it is its own unique office. It plays its own unique role. But I'm also going to say this. There are other members in that fivefold category that are also called to teach. Okay, as part of their job description. All right, now, you may be able to convey information. You may be able, we all should understand the word of God to some degree, right? That's our own responsibility. And we all should take our own responsibility in being able to be able to convey the word and truth to other people. So if you're in a conversation with somebody and they don't know if they're born again, or maybe they believe in Jesus, but they can't say for sure, well, I hope I'm going to heaven. Oh, you know, (laughs) I knew every time as a kid when we sit down, have a conversation with some Christians or some, you know, for, and especially if they're other, from other churches or something, we sat down and we had a, a meal with them and they said, well, I believe in Jesus. I hope I'm going to heaven. Man, I heard those words so often and every time I knew, oh, well, you can know, you know. <laughs> Mom and dad were not going to let people leave without them hearing, oh, you can know, <laughs> right? Well, you ought to be able You ought to be able to have enough in you to be able to teach that person from the scriptures. But just because you have understanding and because you can able to teach and convey that understanding doesn't mean you are called 
to the office of a teacher. It may, but God is the one that sets that person in the body, okay? Just because you can teach, and this is something we're gonna see in the scriptures a lot, doesn't mean you're called to be a teacher. Just because you prophesy doesn't mean you're called to be a prophet, okay? You can operate in different gifts and different parts, but it doesn't mean that God has set you there, okay? So with the office of teaching, teaching is part of the body that is vital. Everybody say vital. Because they're the ones that give you the milk of the word of God and whatever they say. See, children are children. They're innocent. And, And they lack the discernment. They lack what's on the inside to be able to discern what's right and wrong in that milk. Okay, that's why it's milk. So when the teacher feeds milk to the children, they make themselves subjected to that authority of the teacher. They make themselves in their own way. When you say, I'm going to receive from that person as a teacher, I hope that prayerfully God has put them in your life. Because if God did not, or if they're a wolf in sheep's clothing, they're going to be feeding you a version of the gospel that's going to put you into a pen and lock you up in some degree. The scary thing about church is that the person that can lead you to Christ gets you born again right on the other side of that born again experience can also be the person that tells you the Holy Ghost isn't for today. That's a scary part of, of the, the church world we live in. And you have to, especially as a believer, okay, the Holy Ghost is supposed to be your lifeline. And even as a baby in Christ, cling to the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Now, we haven't talked about that for a couple of weeks. I just need to throw in a commercial. Please pray in the Spirit. <laughs> be diligent and intentional every day to spend time praying and listening, okay? Because he is also the anointing. He is also the teacher of teachers. And I can remember even as a young man in school, I'd be sitting there listening because we had to go to chapel twice a week. We'd hear people teach all kinds of different stuff, right? We just had to go. Now, now that's different because I, I didn't necessarily yield to them as teacher, every single one of them. I was forced to be there. But if in your heart you're receiving what they're saying as teaching, then you're feeding from what they're giving you, okay? <clears throat> and, and it really doesn't matter, okay, it matters where you go to church, but let me put it in a different perspective here. If you're li- listening to somebody on TV five times a day, <laughs> no, five times, five times a week, and you go to your local church once, where are you getting your teaching? It's whoever you're listening to on TV. That's where you're getting your teaching. That's where you're being fed, okay? I'm not saying that they're giving you everything you need. I'm not saying that that's necessarily fellowship or being part of a body, but as far as the teaching lifelong milk, lifeline milk of the word is concerned, you're receiving from them more than anybody else who you're listening to, okay? So be very careful and guard your heart about who you listen to. Let's go to, we're going to start with the the picture here. Let's go to um, Isaiah chapter 28. Now, I I don't want to read all this, but I'll give it some context. Isaiah 
kind of gives us a, a scathing rebuke from the heart of God to the teachers and the priests of Israel right before this. And he paints this ugly, ugly picture. <laughs> he says, basically, you're setting a table for my children and you're putting, you're putting vomit on it for them to eat. You're putting waste on it for them to eat. And in God's eyes, the way he saw the teaching that was being given, he says, you're setting a table for my children and you're feeding them trash. You're feeding them filth, okay? And it was a scathing rebuke, but here he gives a picture we're going to start in verse 9. This is what the teacher, everybody say teacher. This is what the teacher is called to do, okay? This is part of the picture of the office of the teacher. <clears throat> verse 9, whom shall he teach knowledge and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk, drawn from the breast, for precept must be upon precept, Precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here little and there little. In verse 11, he prophesies about tongues. For with stammering lips and an unknown, another tongue will he speak to this people. Okay, The office of a teacher, someone that teaches the word of God, has on the inside of them the ability to communicate things in a line upon line way. So that what's being built on the inside of people, starting from the foundation, you don't put a roof up first. You put on the foundation, you build the walls. Then you, uh, then you put all of the floorboards in and then you grow the structure and you put the levels and then you put the roof on top, okay? And uh, so often we try and ask rooftop questions without having the foundation to understand what the answer should be, okay? And a teacher's job in the body is to be able to, on top of the foundation of who Christ is, build the structure and the doctrine in such a way that he's putting on the inside of you a line upon line, brick upon brick, perfect structure of the truth of the word of God so that the Holy Ghost can abide in that house. So that the Holy Ghost can say, I recognize that image. I recognize that truth. I recognize what, because I'm the one that offered that. And he'll look at the word and say, I authored this word. And then he'll come look in your heart and say, there is that word that I authored written in your heart. And it is the duty of the teacher in the body of Christ to put that structure there in such a way that when the Holy Ghost sees that structure, he says, I remember that. I built that in my word, and there it is in their heart. I can line up and flow through what they believe about that. All right? So a good example of that is somebody gets born again. Immediately what they should be taught is the infilling of the Holy Ghost. They should be taught that that's for today. They should be taught that he is your helper, your guide, your teacher. See, good ministry is going to continue to redirect you to Father God. It's going to continue to redirect you to the Holy Ghost as teacher. He is the teacher along with the teachers that you have. There are no perfect teachers for men. The best man can do or women can do in teaching the body of Christ is to continue to redirect them to the teacher. Okay. So if you're building in them a structure that the Holy Ghost can flow through, then God's will can be accomplished in a very quick way. But the worst thing that can happen is that some teacher would build something in them that would stop the Holy Ghost. That they would be taught by somebody they trust that the Holy Ghost is not for today. 
or that, that there's no such thing as healing in this dispensation, or worse yet, that the apostle, what if they're called to be an apostle? Oh, they don't exist anymore. Their will, God's will for that person is stopped until he can get somebody else in their life. You see how important teaching is. You see how important it is, not only that you find trusted, clean sources of life-giving water, spiritually speaking, but you also stay subjected to the Holy Ghost. Because they're <clears throat> you're going to need his direction, even listening to the people that you trust the most. Amen. Okay. And that includes me, <laughs> if you trust me, okay? I don't know everything. I can only, I try to teach only what I know. I try to teach only what he has instructed me about. And if I were to go out on a limb and start teaching things I don't know about, first off, I should get rebuked in here. And then somebody else should come rebuke me if I'm not listening to what's on the inside of here. <laughs> okay? Because teachers are not called to teach just anything. They're called to teach what God wants them to teach. Okay? So the ministry of a teacher, he he or she will have the ability. He or she will have the ability. Okay, I, I heard it qu twice. I'm just gonna step on this, all right? This is a whole different subject. One of the doctrines, one of the doctrines that's in the church that stops people from fulfilling their calling is the belief that women are not allowed to speak in church. And that belief right there cuts a whole lot, a whole lot of callings and offices out of the body of Christ because that is not what Paul said for another day, <laughs> all right? But I, that's for somebody, okay? You're called to preach, all right? Now, so there is this picture in the body of Christ that teachers are supposed to have this ability to break things down and bit by bit, board by board, build a structure of truth so that you can understand it, okay? Some people just don't have that in them to communicate. And there's nothing wrong with those people. They're called to do something else though, okay? That's the office of a teacher. Now I want to go, well, let's go to James chapter three. <clears throat> now in the King James, um, the King James translation, sometimes that the word teacher is translated master, okay? But it's the same word. So a lot of times, and if you have a, 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 one of those Strong's Concordances and you see the word master, okay, look it up. Okay, uh, usually a second definition for that is teacher, okay? So, and this is the case here in James, chapter three, verse one. My brethren, be not many masters. And that means teachers. Be not many teachers, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able to bridle the whole body. Everybody say the whole body. Okay. Now James is writing this under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost and he's saying, look, in the body of Christ... There shouldn't be, let me put it in my vernacular, okay? There should not be that big of a percentage of you in the body that should be teachers, period. There shouldn't be. There should be relatively a small percentage. We don't need 
everyone teaching. We need the people God has called. Everybody say called. That's what I see in scripture. Those that are called to teach, okay? Um, those that are called to teach are supposed, by God's, by God's setting them in the body, they are called to teach, okay? My brethren, be not many teachers, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. Okay, for in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. Now look at this picture. Now, I, I used to understand this in terms of just my own tongue and over my own life. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But really the picture in James chapter three, he's talking about teachers. He's talking about the office of a teacher in the body of Christ and how they are able to lead and steer an entire group of people with what they say. That's the picture here. Okay. <clears throat> Verse three, behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us. And we, we turn about their whole body Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small hem, helm, <laughs> helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue, everybody say the tongue. The tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire of hell. <laughs> now this is a warning. This is a warning for teachers in the body of Christ. And how many times we see it time and time again where somebody that's teaching steers an entire group into destruction, okay? Now, sometimes that destruction looks really, really bad on the outside. Sometimes that destruction takes years and years and years and generations and generations and generations, and it'll keep people in bondage, okay? Ever heard of Joseph Smith? One man one mouth, one tongue, turned a whole group of people that basically run Utah and everything that they believe and that one man taught, he has steered that entire group into a corral of doctrine where they're entrapped. And it's going to take light from the outside, the gospel coming from another source to break into that. That is a stronghold of enemy doctrine that needs to come down. And God is looking for people to be able to break that structure down. But that's just one example, okay? There are other strongholds of doctrine that exist in the church that God is looking for people to use to break down, okay? But this is, the, this is that rebuke. This is a rebuke to teachers. He's saying, look, if you're called to be a teacher, you better know what you're getting into. He said, look, if you, there shouldn't be that many of you and those that are know that we're gonna be held to a higher standard of accountability because you are taking children in the body and they have no discernment. They have no discernment. Let's go to um, 
one more and then we'll be done for today. <clears throat> Go to Hebrews chapter 5. Now, the writer of Hebrews, uh, who I believe is Paul, and, unless Holy Spirit tells me something different, okay, <laughs> uh, is, is teaching them about the priesthood of Melchizedek and how that, that's a type and shadow of who Jesus was called to be. And he leads into this, and then he ends it, and he says, um, he's, we'll start here in chapter 5, verse 11. <clears throat> of whom we have many things to say, and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. Verse 12, for when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become as such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their sex senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now at that point in verse 12, he says, for when for the time you ought to be teachers, the context of that, he's not saying that everybody he's writing to is called to the office of a teacher. That's not what he's saying. He is saying in that context, look, everyone that hears this, you were at a place once where you were, had been taught to a place where you could convey this information. He was not saying here you're all called to be teachers. He's saying, look, you had been taught and you have let that guard slip and now we're gonna have to come in and reteach some of these things, okay? So he's not saying here everyone is called to teach. He's just saying, look, everyone is called to teach in a capacity of being able to explain things to their neighbor, okay? Does that make sense? Look here at verse one of chapter six. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, this is just to give you a little picture of where we're at as, as a corporate body, okay? Let us go unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, of faith towards God, of doctrines of baptisms. Notice that it says baptisms, plural, all right? And of laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Now, to whoever wrote Hebrews, which I believe is Paul, he's saying, look, these are the basics. These are the foundational stuff. Let's go beyond this. And the church at large, they can't even agree about the baptisms. They can't even agree about the judgments. Okay, how many of you know how important, do you see how important the office of a true teacher is? A teacher is called to lay the foundation and build the structure of truth line upon line in the hearts of those that he is teaching. And God puts a severe judgment on teachers that lead children astray into wrong doctrine. So what do we as the body of Christ need to do? Well, us, if, you're, if you believe you're called to teach, okay, you are called to be a student of the word of God. If God is, keeps impressing in your heart, you're called to be a teacher. You're called to be a teacher, okay? Then you need to get in the word and pray in the Holy Ghost because he is supposed to be your teacher and he is supposed to give you the revelation. Everybody say revelation. The revelation of this word, okay? So, and also, 
in a renewed fashion, I would put before God everyone you listen to, okay? Because I believe that God wants to put people in your life to teach you, and you need to submit every single one of those people that you receive to the Father and say, look, is this a trusted source? The toughest part about discerning is that you don't know when you're being deceived. That's the toughest part. People that get deceived, they get blindsided by things they can't discern. They don't know what's true in that area. When you're deceived, you don't believe you're deceived, but you are. So you must spend time with the Holy Ghost. You must prayerfully submit the people you listen to to God and say, are there any of these people I should not be listening to? And I started to say, I don't even think I finished, but we would go through chapel and I didn't submit to them as teacher, but I can remember sitting there listening, listening, listening. And the Holy Ghost, I, I would hear things and I, I did not have enough of the word in me then to know why things were wrong. But I did spend time praying, okay? And the Holy Ghost would say, that's wrong. And I would try and reason it in my brain. Why? Why is it wrong? But I just had no peace when I listened to what they said, okay? And there, it, the more you spend time with the Holy Ghost, he's going to illuminate the inside of you and show you, look, I, maybe you don't understand it, but you're gonna get a dis-ease on the inside and say, I can't listen to that person. So he is first and foremost your teacher. Amen. And, and if you believe you're called to be a teacher, don't set out to establish your own ministry. Submit to the Father. Because the Father exalts in due time at the point where you're ready. At the point where you're... And see, this is the method that the flesh doesn't want to trust because the, 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 the flesh likes to trust its own ability to be able to process and say, look, I know I can get a degree in four years. I can be qualified. I can go and I can job hunt and then I'll be qualified to teach somewhere. God is ultimately the one who puts that plan in place, not you. So if he tells you, yes, go get a degree, then get a degree. But still, it's not your call when you preach or where you preach, okay? Those things are authored by the Father, amen? He's the one that sets you as a teacher in the body of Christ. And it's so, a, a teaching ministry that is pure and truly from God is vital, it's necessary. And we're gonna see in the weeks to come how important teaching is, not just for the office of the teacher, but for other offices that are also supposed to co-help, <laughs> to help the teacher teach, okay? So, all right, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Father, I pray that you would give each and every one of us grace to become better students of your word. We know that no one has a option on the word of God that has more access than anyone else. But Father, I thank you. And my prayer is for every single one of us is that you would illuminate and highlight those sources that you have set up in everyone's life to be a teacher. And that you would, by your spirit, we surrender to you. Turn off the valve on every single person that's preaching in our lives that you don't want preaching or that's giving us a doctrine that limits us. And Father, I thank you 
that you increase in every one of our hearts and our minds because we see the picture in the word that you want us to grow up and not be led astray by winds of doctrine. So those that propagate winds of doctrine, Father, I pray that you illuminate those people in our hearts and minds and we turn that faucet off and we were not gonna drink from that source anymore. And Father, I thank you that you are confirming in everyone's heart every day more and more as we grow what we are each called to be in Jesus' name. Amen.